0: So have you guys ever met some of these people or one of these families, or maybe uh, like an acquaintance that they just like had all of the things and totally flaunted it, right? Like they have the fancy boat and the jet skis and the four wheelers. They've got like the newest phone, the nice house, the pool, all these different things. Like do you guys, have you you had that experience before? You meet someone, it just makes you almost have like a distaste for them. You're like, look, I'm happy you got all these things, but really I'm not, you know? However, hopefully, have you ever met the kind of people that do have all of those things, and yet don't see them only for themselves, but rather to give to other people so that other people can can use the things that they have? Have you met those people too? Yeah. So, I have. I, there, there are three families in my mind that kind of depict this perfectly. And as I was thinking more about them, uh, first off, they don't live here in Nacogdoches, right? Um, um, it really, uh, it, it struck me <laughs> because uh, the, the, the doctor and the family, they're all three families with doctors, um, like the image of that person almost perfectly depicts uh, how they look at the gifts that they have. All right? So there's, there's the one, who's the, the doctor, and he's got, like, the, the slicked-back hair, like, always wearing sunglasses, like, super cool guy, has a fancy car. This family would would buy the boats and the jet skis and the four-wheelers, and they would, you know, have all the things, buy a bunch of guns, land, all of that, and they would use them. But it was this kind of flaunting thing. It was this, like, superiority of, like, yeah, look at all the stuff that we have. All right? Then the, then the next family that I'm thinking of was... Was very different. They would have all of these things, but the, the doctor in this family was was kind of a nerdy guy, right? Like he didn't really have social skills. He was exceedingly intelligent, very very bright person, but just like didn't really get how interpersonal things worked. Like he could sit down and do a math problem, no no sweat, but like put him in a conversation and it's like super awkward. Right? And these people, what they would do is, they would buy all of these things, but it was really just kind of like a, like a, let's check it off the list. Like, okay, I have this status symbol now. Like, I've, I've got way too much money. What do I do with way too much money? Well, you buy a boat, right? Why not? But they never actually used it. They never, they never looked at any of the things that they had. But then there was a, a third family, uh, and I ended up being very close friends uh, with this family. They happened to live right down the road. It was the, the Williams. And the Williams also, the dad was a doctor, but he wasn't the like slick hair sunglasses kind of doctor. He was he was kind of bald and a bit chubby, right? But he loved to have a good time. And they saw all of these things that they had not as status symbols, not as as things that they got to use for themselves, but they actually had a saying that they would frequently say. And they said, Well, look having toys is no fun if you don't have friends to use them with. And so whenever they bought something, they didn't think like, well, should I spend this money on myself? It was this concept of, whenever I buy this, how many people can I bring joy to through this? In the readings today, we see the uh, The establishment of what's called Petrine primacy, right? What we as Catholics hold very dear and we see as a big gift. That God, Jesus Christ, said to Peter, You are Peter and upon this rock I will build my church. I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. This statement is extremely powerful and it gives something to the Catholic Church that no other church has. And yet, I find that most Catholics deal with this gift in either the first way or the second way. The the, the first family or the second family. Either it's this, like, superiority thing of, like, yeah, we've got Peter. You guys are all losers, right? Which is just insulting and makes everybody hate Catholics. Or it's this thing where it's like, okay, yeah, we've got the keys to the kingdom. Sure, Whatever. No, 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 the, the keys to the kingdom. You not hear Jesus? Like, this is amazing. You know, as I talk to non-Catholic Christians, when you really get them to open up, if they are thinking very clearly, they struggle with the fact that they don't have what we have. And they almost don't know what they're missing. You know, they, they, they sit there and they think to themselves, okay, yeah, I go to church and I read the Bible. But you know what, that church down the road, they read the Bible too. And so does the, road, the, the other church down the road. But each of our pastors say different things. And how do I know which one is true? Jesus Christ said he is the truth. It's the way, the truth, and the life. And so if I don't have all the truth, I don't have all of Jesus. And there's a real anxiety that builds up within them that they don't know how to deal with. In the same way, you know, they'll go and they'll, they'll pray and they'll ask for God's forgiveness. But they don't really know that God forgave them. Like, I mean, God is merciful and so they pray, they hope that God forgives them. But really, they have no, no assurance of it. They can't be absolutely sure. But we as Catholics, we have what's called apostolic succession. So essentially, the church was founded on Peter. And he was given the, the keys to the kingdom. You can see in the first reading today with Eliakim, it's a hard word to say, uh, he was what was called a, a vicar or a steward of the king. And so the steward was the guy that basically would take care of the kingdom while the king was otherwise indisposed. So sometimes there would be a, a steward or a vicar that would take care of a kingdom because the, king, uh, the previous king had died at a fairly young age and the heir to the throne was like two years old. And so you can't just like look at the two year old and be like, do we go to war or not? Right? Like it just doesn't, doesn't work. You need somebody that can make those decisions for him. And so they would, apply, they would, they would assign a, a vicar or a steward who would watch over the kingdom, right? If you've seen the Lord of the Rings, um, I forget the dude's name, but of Gondor, the the bad guy that goes like flaming over the edge, that guy, he was called a steward because the right heir to the throne, who was airborne, was otherwise indisposed. He wasn't there at the kingdom. And so they assigned a steward. It's the same concept. Jesus Christ, after he ascended into heaven, was no longer there for us to just say like, okay, How do we do this? How do we deal with this problem that just came up? And so Jesus said, I'm assigning a steward, the person who can make these decisions for me while I'm away. And so we have the stewardship of the church, the vessel of salvation through Peter and through all of his successors. And from the very earliest times, you know, you guys, the, the, the Eucharistic prayer that we pray, the part that or like the Eucharist is confected. In that, there's one of the options is called the, the Roman Canon and it's one of the earliest prayers that we have. And it goes through this long line of saints and we're all sitting there thinking like, why are we saying all these names? These are weird names. Linus, Linus Cletus, Clement, Sixtus. Those are actually the first popes right after Peter. Because this prayer is so old that they would actually list them all off saying, hey guys, pray for us. But also, this is our assurance that we are still in the church founded by Jesus Christ. That we still have the f- truth, the fullness of the truth that was preached by Jesus Christ. I mean, to get to the, the keys of the kingdom that can apply to to two different things. First off, the the word in in Greek, afiemi, which means to to unbind, is actually the word that's used most most of the time in the New Testament for forgive. And so it's a reference to the forgiveness of sins, in which that ability to forgive was given to Peter. And the other representatives of the church As delegates of that gift that was given to the apostles, can sit in the confessional and give us assurance I absolve you of your sins. So that we don't have to pray to God and say, God, please forgive me, and then listen and hear back nothing. But rather, we can go and say, to Jesus Christ in the person of the priest, forgive me. And Jesus Christ speaking through his representatives says, I absolve you of your sins. And then the other way that the keys can be applied is uh, to the treasury of graces. This, we see this in the book of Revelation in which all of the saints and angels are praying in heaven. Right? They're adoring God. There's this kind of build-up of graces that happens. And the steward, his principal job was actually to distribute the goods in the treasury of the kingdom. So like, oh yeah, you need more food? Cool, you can have this food. And that's what the keys were for. Literally, he held the keys to this giant storeroom and he was responsible to open it and lock it. And so Jesus Christ handing the keys to Peter also was saying, you are responsible for this storeroom of graces. This is actually the concept of indulgences. The church says, all right, we've got this huge storeroom of graces, and we're just going to start giving it out for things like praying a rosary, making a visit to the blessed sacrament. These super easy things, you get tons of graces. It's like a stimulus check for your soul, the best deal ever. Thanks, Trump. Thanks, Peter. And so if we really understand what it is that we have, we should love it. We shouldn't be like family number two that I talked about where we're like, oh yeah, right, we've got the keys to the kingdom, we've got Petrine Primacy, all right, fine. And we should recognize what we have, the amazing gift that it is, and then be like family number three, the Williams, that said, this doesn't have its fullest meaning if I don't share it with someone else. If I don't talk about this in a positive way, if I don't invite other people into it, if I don't appreciate it, and allow the people that I love to appreciate it as well. That's how we should approach what we've been given as Catholics. That's how we should love Petrine Primacy, and not use it to lord it over other people, but rather to invite them into the amazing faith that we have.